in three, two, one. Welcome to One Day Contract, the Panthers talk show where each week we're joined by a new personality who we, we asked to start over, sorry. <laughs> I think that's actually one of the first times you've ever loved the intro. It is like true, you are, actually. You are that's, like, that's true. Like Ron Burgundy. And, uh, we like, never, we didn't talk like, about it because you had a streak going, you know, now that it's over. Exactly. It was a real no-hitter type situation. Welcome to One Day Contract, the Panthers talk show where each week we're joined by a new personality who we've signed to a one day contract to join the show. You guys know the drill. Go find us on Twitter. Let's get right into it. I'm Nikki Wolf. With me as always, the big dog, Josh Klein, editor-in-chief for the Riot Report, is ready to own up and apologize for being the reason we took an unexpected month-long hiatus. You don't have to take the fall for everybody. I'll take the blame. Um... Here's the thing that I didn't figure out is a three month old uh, baby girl. She takes a lot of energy. Like, it's not just like, Hey, like you can't just like, she's not going out to the movies or anything for a couple of hours. So you can have some time to yourself. Uh, no time to prep for a podcast. So um, she is the best. She's the love of my life, but uh, I was not as prepared as I thought that I was for how much energy it was going to take. So I was just like, and then also the days, the days just fly by. As Rachel Green once said, the days and the nights are hard. And uh, it would be like on Thursday evening and I would be like, oh, um, should, have we done a podcast this week? And it's like, oh, well, I guess it's a little bit too late. So um, I will take the blame for that. America, listeners, um, all of our listeners out there, Chris Manhurts, I know you're listening. Um, who else is out there? Shaq Thompson, I know you're a big listener. Uh, let's see, Dave, big Dave Tepper. Um, I apologize in advance, um, and uh, and I'm sorry to you personally, Sir Per, bro. That's my bad. I take a, I take it my bad on that one. Okay, well, before you fall on your sword and take all this blame, let's go ahead and bring Colin in. Colin Hoggard, columnist and contributor for the Riot Report, and is ready to ride the kicker carousel for the whole entire freaking season. I, I like how you did this the little bit about. Josh taking the blame before I get introduced so that I couldn't properly weigh in on the amount of blame that he should accept in this uh, <laughs> one. And it, it, look, it's great hearing you, you know, the trouble you're having with, with one child. So look <laughs> forward to number two when that one's allowed to just lick dirt off the kitchen floor. So but let's, <laughs> I'm excited to talk football with you guys. Well, I will say this, you know, Josh became a father. Colin and I both started new jobs since the last season. And Colin has two humans that he's keeping alive. So there's a lot going on and we haven't really figured out schedules and what it looks like yet. So bear with us. We apologize. We will try to do better. Right? We're going to kick it back up in a nut. This is like classic uh, Josh uh, promises of like next week we are coming in hot. And then we'll just not be here next week. Who knows? No, that's just, we're just joking. Rest of the regular season. We're here. I promise you. You, you heard it. You heard it. Even if it's yeah, just me, this. Nikki, and Colin yelling at each other. <laughs> yeah, enjoy this episode. You may not see us again until November. Ah. Oh, stop that. Stop that, you two. Consistency <laughs> is important, and we will be here through the regular season. And hopefully through the playoffs. We'll be there for Let's you. Let's go. Nobody Let's join me on go. that one. That's fine. That's fine. <laughs> Let's bring in our guest on the one-day contract this week, Will Bryan, co-host of the Happy Half Hour, push notification king, and Panther stat guy. Dude, what was up the, with all the push noties today? I mean, that, that's what we do over here on the Noti Gang. You, you <laughs> give us all your data, and we come into your lives, into your phones, and we tell you what's up. That's how we do it. 
wait, are you why I'm getting all these weird spam AT&T messages that are fake? Are you doing that as well? Yeah, what's I, up with I, that? I just wanted you to re renew your, your home warranty. That's, that's me. <laughs> Having an issue well, about your car insurance. I... Your car insurance. Yeah, it's expired. Well, as soon as I take care of that prince in Nigeria that needs my help, I'll move on to my extended car warranty. There you go. All right, we start the show with Nikki's super important question. So I want to hear your week one thoughts that are non-Panther related. Don't be shy. Are we, are we concerned at all that Aaron Rodgers and the – I mean, concern is not the right word because they're in the NFC, so I hope they go 0-16, but – or 0-17, I guess. Um, but it's always like weird to me that we do this every single year where we overreact about something that happens in week one, where it's like, are the Packers bad? Are the Texans good? And it's like, no, they're not. It's going to be fine. Like maybe the saints are a little bit better than we thought they were. Cause I thought they were going to be bad. Maybe they're a little bit better. Maybe the Packers are a little bit worse, but the idea that like now the Packers are just gone, that that's ridiculous. And now the Texans, oh, they blew out urban Meyer and his uh, 1990s coaching style out. Crazy, crazy yeah. how that works out. But did but what about the Chris Manhurts trivia? A little uh, potential historical footnote that we got this week, where he's the first guy to catch a Trevor Lawrence touchdown pass. You know, you're very excited about that, Josh. Well, I mean, obviously, when when a when a coaching staff figures out how to use a talent like that um, <laughs> as a receiving tight end, like I mean, it makes it makes perfect sense. You know, new new scenario for him. New scenery, touchdowns galore. He's on pace for 17 touchdowns this year. I don't know what the tight end record is. I'm not the stats guy, but that seems like that'd be pretty close. I think I think Greg Holson had like 28 one year, but, you know. Uh, how about this? For all of the years that Monday Night Football has tried to figure out who exactly should be in their broadcasting booth, all it took was Peyton and Eli Manning sitting on a couch just talking about whatever they wanted. And we fixed Monday Night Football. It's all fixed. It's great now. I don't know who's turning tuning in to the regular broadcast. Oh, right. With due respect to the other guys. But, like, unless you can't, like, listen, unless you're in a place where you can't listen and understand what's going on there, it's the Mannings all day, every day. I would like them to bring in someone to help direct. Would that be the – You mean Maybe how they, they were – Nikki. They need a Nikki. <laughs> To be like, guys, commercial break's coming. And they're just like, what, 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 what's happening? <laughs> and that's, that's just your excuse to get Cooper in, right? So we just have all three of them. Then. Exactly. Exactly. I mean, what's he doing? Come on, bring him in. He's I love that they wanted Peyton to be like just the Monday night announcer. And he's like, no. And they're like, well, how about this? And he's like, yes. And we all win. America wins. Football wins. The best was when Eli was trying to make jokes at his expense, and then Peyton would just interrupt him and go back. But see, now they're in a dog left with a with a snake right curl, and it just it, it worked perfectly. And Eli's like, <sighs> <laughs> um, as for me, I I think we we're trying to figure out this this three game preseason, and I really think this was for a lot of teams was a continuation of the preseason. This was actually kind of the dress rehearsal I think for a lot of teams um, and as we try to get used to this new 17 game season where each game means a little bit less but um, I think I think that's what that's what we saw some from some teams this week 
All right, let's talk Panthers. We're going to start with news first and kicker gate, obviously, as we released the flavor of the week. Now we snatched up Zane Gonzalez from the Lions practice squad. So does this move the needle for anyone? Does anyone else think that, that maybe Twitter overreacted about Ryan Santoso when by the time anyone got to his pro football reference page, they realized he'd never kicked a field goal before? I think when you see a picture like he like he had with the mustache it's like you want that guy to succeed like that's just like the epitome you guys can't see it because this is an audio this is an, an audio podcast but it's just like the epitome of that chef kiss uh hand emoji that just is like that is how that like when you sign a guy and you're like oh also here's his picture and you're just like oh my god that guy please please and then he doinked it in during the preseason. He doinked it in from the from one of the goalposts. I think everybody was 100% in. I I think it's fine. I, I get it. Like if you're gonna be if you're gonna have a below average kicker that you're not gonna be in love with, take the one that's not gonna cost you a seventh round pick. That being said, um, I tweeted this out and basically just stealing my entire tweet. Um, it just felt like really like like too cute of just like. Like Scott Fitter is like, I can make all the trades now. Look at me. I can, oh, I just pressed the button and it's fine. Um, and it's just a little bit like, just just stick with one below average. Like, so if Gonzalez misses a kick They wanted week, to. They were, ready, they were ready to stick with Joey Sly. They wanted to. Uh, but what did Sly do that was so bad? I mean, I guess he got the yips until he got to somewhere else and was able to kick again. Like, kicking is such a high variance thing that unless you have – Graham Gano or Harrison Butker or one of these other elite kickers, um, they're all going to miss some kicks. And especially for a team like this, that's kind of like they're not really they're they're not expected to compete for a Super Bowl. I know they're one to zero undefeated on pace for seventeen to zero, but um, like they they can afford to have a young kicker that's not really that is just okay. So it's like sure Santosos and Gonzalez. I'm sure they'll have three or four more kickers over the course of the season. I, I just I hope that this is not a thing as it goes uh, over the course of Matt Rule's career where he just doesn't trust these special teamers enough to give them more of a chance to rebound. I, I do it. think there's, there's something weird about those positions where, you know, you, you've got guys coming in playing, playing corner, playing defensive tackle, playing inside linebacker, and, you, you know, you can just get a new guy every week on the practice squad or a guy goes up, goes down. There's something weird about these positions where it it takes I, I don't know it takes a little bit of luck it takes picking the right time in the right place and all of a sudden Sly is back I mean Sly Sly was in I mean we all kind of watched it in that preseason game there was it was painful and you know I, I as much as maybe long term numbers or long term vision might have still been in his favor I mean there there's nothing you could really do at that point and it's it's kind of a weird part of this sport it's you know overall skill and overall you know kind of long-term stats don't match up with what kickers go through they're different beasts I don't know this is the right way to do it but uh, it, it's 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 like a different part of the roster it's like here's the roster in, in an odd way I feel like if he had that game week three or week four I almost feel like he gets through it but because it was a preseason game where it's like this is the time where you're deciding, and it, it it really is just kind of this odd timing thing. Because you're right; like he could have been fine all season and been like, 
these guys trusted me. I had had a terrible game in the preseason, and now I'm just joking. Like, but but kickers are weird. That's why I try and get rid of them every chance I get. You know, but I also think the second they didn't kick the field yep. goal, he was cut. Like in my mind, like everyone wanted to have an analytics discussion about it, and to me, it was like this guy's done. If you don't have the confidence in those situations, first half against the Jets, all the things you have that confidence to send him out there, this guy is done, and he's certainly not worth the seventh round pick. In much more alarming news, Miles Hartsfield has wrist surgery. He's going to miss 8 to 12 weeks. So who takes over at nickel, and how will this affect them going forward? Well, after Hartsfield went out, they moved Justin Burris down to play nickel. Um, and, uh, and I think Burris did fine at nickel. He's played corner before. Um, I don't really know. I don't think corn uh, is the answer. I know they had their ear to the ground on that uh, waiver wire. Um, but I'm not sure that he is um, the answer at nickel. I mean, that's a reason why they, he's on the practice squad and not on the regular roster, right? He's on the practice squad? Yeah. It, yeah. Um, so it's like, I think they're going to just, I think they're going to have to just tough it out through this Saints game. I mean, they're lucky that this Saints team weirdly doesn't really have that many receivers. Um, so it's like, you're, you don't have to, you're not going to get absolutely torched by, um, Ted Ginn Jr. or like somebody, some other slot slot guy that that can really come in and hurt you. Um, and then when AJ Bouye comes back, uh, it's just this corner room is uh, added to the list of of places where they don't have a ton of depth. And losing a guy like Hartsfield, who was a really like a really nice, pleasant surprise after being a UDFA and was and had come in and like won that nickel job. Um, it's disappointing to see for him, just as a young kid, like you you I. I I would have liked to see him come in and really show out for another year and uh, and be a big part of this defense. But I, I think it's just another uh, another addition to like Panthers depth, especially on defense. Is uh, it ain't great. Yeah, I mean the the depth everywhere. I mean that that's the whole part of this. You know, that's the the preseason narrative is like, hey, this team is good when these twenty two starters are playing the entire time. As soon as you take one of them out. Like the the people behind them aren't it, and that's the difference between them and you know a a, a Saints team or a Bucks team. I mean, look at the Bucks; they got five starters all the way down the depth chart everywhere. So I, I I do think yeah, that's that's a big difference with being this young. But I mean, again, you said Miles Hartsfield wasn't like the savior; he was a running back. We were playing him at running back some last year. I mean, so it's not like this guy was you know, all pro, but I think it just shows, Hey, you know, one little thing can go wrong. And all of a sudden you're really scrambling on this defensive side. And, and in today's game, you need guys that can cover different types of guys. Josh, you mentioned against the Saints. They've, they lined up awfully big this week against Green Bay. So, you know, maybe it doesn't bite you in, in, in the short term, but that's been a need that we've been we've been working on. Uh, you know, so it's been it's been cool corners all in those positions because it's not one that's a high dollar position. You're not inclined to spend there. Um, so it, I feel like it's perpetually one of those positions uh, that that you're always kind of worried about. So just in the short term, Sean Chandler just plays safety and Burris plays nickel, right? Like that's the answer. They don't that you don't think, and I, I mean maybe. Maybe they maybe they rotate through Stan Thomas Oliver or something like that. Like I'm sure there will be some sort of rotation because um, I know they were higher on him this year than they were last year. Obviously, I mean second year, but um, I know they liked him uh, more than I did. I thought he was pretty bad last year, 
Um, but I guess he came on during training camp and during the preseason. So um, maybe expect to see a little bit of him. But again, this is um, and this is kind of going to be an overarching theme and has been already for the whole offseason is that like this team is rebuilding. And so when you are rebuilding, like you don't have depth at nickel corner. Like that's just not a thing that you have. Um, and, and especially when you can't, you can't afford to have injuries. So I think that is at this point in their rebuild, because they're still, I mean, I know they're, they're better than they were last year, but they're still on an upward trajectory. Um, they're just not quite there yet where it's like, well, you can afford to lose a defensive starter or a few defensive starters or not a guy on the offensive line and, uh, and still just next man up. The next man up thing only works when you have a guy behind him. That's just as good. And uh, I, Oh, good. Go ahead. No, I was going to say, and I wouldn't be surprised with what, we'll get into this later with what Phil snow showed against the jets and the way he disguised some things, you know, it, depending on what the saints come out in. And I, I haven't done film study on, you know, this Jawan, what's his name? The, the Johnson. tight end. Yeah. Jawan Johnson or any of these guys, he, you know, what if JC Horn or Dante comes in, you know, if all of a sudden the really good receivers in the slot, you know, you start mixing guys around, and maybe you can hide someone out on, out on the edge and, and put your best guy in where you think a play is going to go, you know, and, and give a different look to Jameis. I think that's a big part of what they tried to do last last week was make Zach Wilson have no idea who's where and what they're doing. And, you know, I, I think, you know, Jameis certainly has the benefit of, of Sean Payton in his ear. But, I mean, I, I think he, he could be susceptible to that as well. And the other point I was going to make is that according to, you know, but the, but the league average, you lose one guy a week to a significant injury. So over the course of the season, it's nearly 20 guys that are, some, are going to have some kind of significant injury that they're dealing with. And when, when you need those guys, those, you know, you're only keeping those best 22 out there. Those are the only guys that are going to be eligible to kind of get, to get, you know, injured and nicked up. So I do think it's important to remember where this, this roster is let's take a look at week one so panthers beat up the jets 1914 ride cmc shocker along with a big performance by the pass rush to a victory so let's go main takeaways colin let's start with you my main takeaway was that my expectations of where this team were or is or was however you want to look at it was out of line in terms of i wanted you know, to be like, ta-da, the big reveal at the end of the preseason. We've been coy, we've been coy, and now here it is. Here's the master plan. But that's not the reality of where this team is. And I think that was reflected in the score. We saw them do some really good things at times and then struggle at other times. And, you know, it's almost a tale of two halves for both teams. First half, Panthers look really good with a lot of stuff that was scripted and worked out. But my expectations, I was thinking, you know, they might be able to get it rolling against them 30, 31-10, something like that. But this really was, in my mind, the dress rehearsal for this offense in particular. And I think they got largely a passing grade. We'll get into the nitty-gritty of it. And, and you walk out with a victory. It was a little bit closer. They left points on the board. But this is the reality of where this – offense is i think right now i don't expect a, a, an explosion going forward um, Go ahead, Josh. I, I think my main takeaway was uh and this is maybe a little bit too off um maybe a little bit too obvious but what a difference christian mccaffrey makes to your offense um because if christian mccaffrey if this was last year and christian mccaffrey wasn't in and mike davis was in they would have lost this game like this this was a loss without christian mccaffrey because 
the amount of checkdowns that he gets, the amount of uh, not only checkdowns but design plays that are that are intentionally going to him within five yards of the line of scrimmage, the way they use him obviously as a decoy, it's just such a huge weapon. And I'm, again, I get it. This is so obvious, but it's like you almost forget how good he is when you didn't. So you only see him for three out of sixteen games last year. And it's like, when he comes back, it's like, oh, yeah, of course, he's going to approach 200 yards. Of course, when it's third and six, if you check it down to him four yards from the line of scrimmage, he's going to pick up those extra three. The, the other main takeaway that I got is that this team is still having some of the same problems that they were having last year in terms of the red zone, especially on offense. And that is, that's scary to me. Um, and again, it's one game. I don't want to overreact too much to it. But at the same time, like, they were inside the the Jets seven yard line four times. They had one touchdown, like, and one turnover, and like, that's not great. And, we uh, we only get one chance a year to overreact to one data point. So I I think it's our it. Let's let's cut loose, Josh. But it's not loose. one data. It's not one data point. Now we're at one point one data points. It's one whole season plus this extra game. So it's. It's a 17-game sample size, which is a full season in 2021. Well, if you're not going to talk about the Panthers, you're definitely not going to debate data points or the number of data <laughs> points. Okay. If there's Look, one guy that's qualified to debate analytics and data points, it's this guy, obviously. <laughs> the thing you said about CMC, it, it, this is a piece. Every year, Sam Darnold has been in the league. He's been asked to be the best player on his offense. And now he's playing with a guy that takes that pressure off of him. If we all agree that there is rehab that needs to be done, that his confidence needs to be rebuilt, that he needs, still needs to grow and is immature in his decision-making, having the ultimate security blanket behind him is truly the best thing that he can have. And I think CMC gives Sam Darnold the best chance. I, I know offensive line, but CMC truly gives – Darnold a chance for this reclamation project to work. William? So, yeah, I'll go too, just because I'm going to break all y'all's rules on your podcast. The to continue just suggestions. With your, continue with your offensive side. I was disappointed with the tight ends. I felt like this was this whole Joe Brady, he's finally going to utilize the tight end. Dan Arnold is sent down from heaven. And it's going to be Darnold to Arnold and all this stuff. And it's like, ugh. You know, they get the ball in his hands, and he got negative yak yards, it felt like. It, it, you know, he didn't grade out very well from the PFF stuff. It just didn't feel like the Titans were really opening anything up, especially there in the third quarter when things kind of got bogged down. I mean, you, you, they even pointed out in one of the red zones, you know, the Ian Thomas play where he should have been connected with Darnold. I don't know if it was a route or a pass or whatever, but it just felt like, you know, the tight ends weren't really game difference makers. Um, but in a more positive way, I think that this team is going to be built in a lot of ways like 03 if they can get to that point because it's going to be – the defense is going to have to win games. I, 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 they're going to have to get turnovers. The defense is going to have to score points. I think they're going to need to put the offense inside the 50 a lot. They're going to have to create game-changing plays. Um, and yeah, it's the Jets. I, I get it. But they did a lot of things that that kept this team alive, you know, carried some momentum um, there into the second half. And I, I think that defense last year gives up three straight touchdowns or even the year before, you know, just touchdown after touchdown. And all of a sudden, you know, this we're up 16, nothing and you're down 20. The only thing I'll it. say about the 03 team, special teams is a huge piece of that season as yep. well. Yeah. That's true. John that was Casey back when we liked John Casey, of course. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, it, it just 
when he was making game-winning kicks that got them to the Super Bowl. Did anything happen in the Super Bowl, John Casey related? I don't remember. I blocked it out. Um, One of the most overrated plays, not since Zoe's shot. Has there been a more overrated play in Charlotte sports history? Um, I uh, is it? D- correct me if I'm wrong. Didn't when Matt Rule came in, he talked about how they were really wanted to be really great at special teams and they wanted to like steal points and steal possessions. Am I just misremembering that? I'm gonna have to go back and deep dive because it's like. No, he said I, it multiple times. It doesn't seem like they are really holding true to that. Like it doesn't seem like they're like. Like they, it doesn't seem like they really value special teams that much. Like from right. a ro- certainly not from a roster construction standpoint. I, I would say they valued kickoffs over field goals, so they were valuing special teams. But they I, I just they it was like they fell in love with the idea of being able to kick it out of the back of the end zone. But like every time you're going to start, you know, at the twenty, twenty-five. What are we doing this year? I don't know. Stop changing the rule. Um, but that. It, it, they to me that was why Santoso was over Eberly even because Eberly seemed like the better kicker, field goal kicker, whereas Santoso was you know the bigger kickoff leg. But certainly, I mean, you think of hey, we entered the season with you know no real returner, and then here's this Alex Erickson guy that oh yeah, we'll, we'll just let him do it, you know, and he gets two or three yards each time. Like okay, I mean, I, I guess but, yeah, I, no, there's nothing there. It goes deeper than I, that, I think too. They, this is part re- of the rebuild, though. Okay. I'm sorry. I, I just I think it goes deeper than that because I think that he he talked about how Trenton Cannon is the best kick coverage guy in the league, and then they cut him two days later. And it's like, why why say that and then release him? I get it. This is what like that's the the cult of um, Matt Rule is that he talks he says positive things and releases guys. But like you didn't need to put that out there. You didn't need to tell the the fan base and the media that you think this guy is the, the best, one of the best special teams players in the league, but you don't need him on your team. And it's like, that just seems that the, those two seem, they seem at odds to me. Except if there's a complicating factor that maybe, I don't know, maybe, I don't know, out there. I don't know. Um, but the, your, the, the special teams aspect of this, this is something that we do think, and, and, is it? Is, but this is also where we're to the roster reality of a team in a rebuild, because we're talking about nickel corner, we're talking about return guys, we're talking about these guys that are kind of the the last guys out of your fifty three. They needed to figure out who who's going to be playing in front of Sam Darnold. That takes a whole lot more primacy over these things that we're talking about now. And so I think that's a it, all. Of this points back to a reminder of where this roster is, and I don't think. Because this is the roster that, that Scott Fitter and, and Matt Rule have trotted out in year one, two, respectively, that they're in love with everybody on this roster, or that this roster is exactly the way they want it. I think this is the roster reality right now. If there's anything we've learned so far, is nothing's set in stone. Like there, there, there's no. This is the roster. This is the roster on whatever night this is. It's not going to be the roster tomorrow or the day after that. It's just going to keep changing. We asked for churn. This is what it's going to look like. Yeah, you're not wrong, and I don't want to. I don't want to. Ideally, not at the kicker, though. So, yeah. Yeah. I have. I have a question for you guys, and maybe I had too many beers and it was really hot, but I feel like we were missing something at the game. What happened to the keep pounding chant? Oh, I don't know. I didn't hear it, and I. I didn't really. Honestly, I just assumed they did it, and I didn't. 
he, I didn't pay attention. Um, but it seems like after reading on, on Twitter that it wasn't there. Um, it just seems, it seems weird, but I, I, I can't speak specifically that it was not there, but if it wasn't, it seems like an odd decision to, to remove that from the, from part of the stadium festivities. If it weren't for the fact that it seemed like there were other game operation issues, such as the introductions and things like that, that led up to it, I might be more willing to to dive in here with both feet because you guys know how I feel about, you know, Sam Mills and everything attached to that. So I'm going to give him the benefit of the doubt that it was an overall failing of game operations on Sunday rather than an intentional slight. And I, I hope it will be back. Do we know what happened there at the intros? That was weird, wasn't it? Really uh, weird. I guess I sh- you'd be asking me if I knew. I was like, yeah, who of the four of us, it feels like you would be- yeah. I'm the data points guy. You're, yeah. the, one that, you're <laughs> the one that works for the, the Panthers. Yeah, I, I don't know. That was – it was odd. I mean, you're looking back – like, at one point, it was – they were doing the defense, right? At one point, like, Robbie yeah. Anderson's running out. It's like, where did he come from? It was – it was so weird. Just a, a lot of confusion on everyone's faces. It doesn't look like Bank of America Stadium anymore. Between the Duke's Mayo Classic, where everything was wrapped in yellow, the new end zone things, it does not feel watching it like, ah, there's our stadium. There's our home. No, it does. It feels not alien, but it feels different now for sure. Speaking like of alien, you... <laughs> oh, go ahead. <laughs> oh, no, that no, was no. going to be an A1 transition. And Josh, mm, A1 transition. I screwed it up. Let's do an edit point. Three, two, <laughs> and speaking of aliens. I just, that's what happens when you take a month off. We, you just lose all those, those magic touches that we had before. Exactly. <laughs> but we got to talk about the mixed reality Panther. What did you guys think of it? I so it was, do I we was, have I, all the, the Panther color, like the eyes? Do we have, do we have like, cause we could have red, we could have blue, we could have gold, we could have green. We can, we just, we have like a whole slew of, Panthers that could potentially come out, right? Like, yeah, that, absolutely. That I don't know. What's the I? I again, I'm asking a question to y'all that I should be answering. I, I don't know why the eye, whether the eyes will change based on because they were green. They were green. I don't it's know fine if, if there's a blue one and other ones. Yeah, not if it's just the one. I don't know, but I do know they will be doing it every home game. I can tell you that. So we'll see it again. And I think there are other things that it does. It's not just going to only do that. Is it going to eat some sort of a W on, uh, like on the, like a W, a giant W on the field, and it just comes down and eats it? I'm trying to think of like what it could do for each opponent. Home, uh, maybe for the Vikings game, it could like run down and like uh, get a COVID vaccination right in front of Kirk Cousins. Like, would that be pretty good? That would be a good one. Um. <laughs> Mall of Viking was option A. And Josh said, no, no, no. No, no, no. This door Bucks, over here. For the Bucks, it could, like, get a bunch of hair plugs. <laughs> so let me ask you guys, did y'all think that it would get as much buzz as it did? Because I was a little surprised. Yeah, I had friends from college that were talking about it that I was like, oh, you watched the game? I mean, their main pretty... question was, could you see it in real life while you were there? They were like, they were like very intrigued by it. 
Did it really? The college of Virginia. People at midfield, was, like that was pretty cool. Yeah, I mean, it's pretty. I mean, it's cool to see it. You know, dance around and treating it like it's you know it's its own play, like be of a like its own playground. But you know, I, I thought it was, I thought I thought it was it was natural grass. <laughs> if we were going to spend was, something, spend money on something, we spend it on natural grass. Because am I wrong, or is the reason that the end zones weren't black? is because then they would – we actually would have players melting in the end zone if either team had actually gotten in there. If those – people just would have been vaporized. So many questions, Colin. So, so little time for me to answer all of them with some vague shrug of the shoulder of something I can't say. Well, was like, hmm? That wasn't really directed at you. It was really just kind of – Directed in general at anyone that might be treating B of A like it's their own playground. Like that Panther. Yeah. Is any, yeah. Uh, I do like, I will say this for field turf. I like it when guys make catches along the sidelines and you see all the rubber pop up. Like they're, that, that's cool. That's really like on that DJ Moore catch where it's like you saw him stick his feet in the ground and it just pops up and it's like, all right, that's, that's cool. Other than that, yeah, you're right. It's terrible. If, if one of the Panthers uh, skill players gets hurt, um it's it's got to be on it's gonna on happen, tepper and his decision it's gonna happen i mean and, and, but it could happen on grass we've seen dan morgan's you know knee get shredded on you know because of poor sodding um years ago so it it's happened and it will happen either way but the second it happens on this new surface it absolutely is going to be a discussion point oh yeah for sure that was mostly brett Favre's stiff arm though that that really uh that tore up dan morgan's knee right yeah, it was a stiff arm and the, the sod that I think was laid seven seconds before the game started. It didn't. It didn't take apparently. <laughs> Let's talk about CMC. A few things here. Are you guys okay with him leading the team in targets? Is it the design of the offense or the way that Sam plays? What are your thoughts? Let's start with Colin. Yes, 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 yes. He is the backbone of this offense. He makes this offense run. I mean, you know, all the talk about. D, you know, I don't want to turn this into a bag on somebody else, but I'll just talk about DJ Moore as the number one wide receiver. We're, we're talking about we have red zone issues all the time. And, you know, so uh, to me, CMC is the guy that makes this this offense run as it's currently constructed. And, yes, he deserves the majority of the touches. He has the most gravity of anybody. Like he and Alvin Kamara are guys that, that make defenses come to them just purely because they're that talented. He creates everything. It's why he has to stay out there on the field. And then you see the play like where he picks up the defensive tackle. Um, you know, it allows the bomb to, for, you know, from Darnold to Robbie Anderson. You, 95% of running backs wouldn't make that play. And that's why he's the kind of guy you draft in the top 10 to get a guy that is that good of a football player. He's a, such a special talent. Yes, I'm fine with uh, yeah, I, I tend to agree with Colin here. This is not only your best offensive player, it's your best player. It's the, the best running back in the league. When you hand, when the Titans hand the ball to Derrick Henry 30 times, nobody complains. So why are we complaining about Christian McCaffrey getting 30 touches? Also, isn't this what we were begging for for the past three years is Christian McCaffrey to get more looks as a receiver rather than just as a running back? I don't, I don't remember uh, that. I don't really remember him running straight into the line on like second and nine. Like that didn't happen. So this is what we want to see from Christian McCaffrey. This is how you should be using him. Um, I, I think that in the future, as the season goes along, you're going to see the offense get a little bit more varied. But at the same time, if he's going to get 30 touches and they're going to win, great. 
good. That's what, that's what should be happening. Um, I, I'm fine with it as well. I, I think that, you know, for, for the issues that I've had with Joe Brady, um, the amount that he's using Chris McCaffrey is not one of them, especially now. Like he's, he's, he's young. He, you know, like it's early in the season. You still have a chance at, you know, you're on pace for 17 and 0. get out there and do it. Yeah. I mean, he, he famously doesn't get hit squarely in a lot of ways, you know, like that injury last year, here, you know, it, it felt kind of like a fluke thing, you know, with the ankle. I mean, it wasn't that, man, this guy just took a beating straight, you know, straight on. Um, yeah, and I I do think hopefully they will get more. I want him on the field. I want the snaps up. I could be okay with him not having as many touches, but absolutely the snaps need to be there. You know, I want to see, you know, what do you do with Chuba going somewhere else or if Royce Freeman comes in and, all of a sudden Christian's out in the slot and, you know, DJ comes in motion. I, I think there's a lot of opportunity with guys doing other things that gives defense even more looks to have to prepare for that, you know, I mean, Christian, Christian can run every route in the route tree from every spot on the field, whether it's, you know, all the way out slot running back, he can do all of it. He's such a special player. And I really hope he's going to have a, a special season. We do have the extra week this, this year, but this, this game was about protecting Sam and relying on what you trust and what you know you can believe in. I don't, I don't believe in Chuba Hubbard right now. Like, I hope, I want to believe, but he's a rookie coming into week one, going against Robert Sala. Yeah, no, no, let, let me leave CMC in there so that we don't blow up the Darnold experiment week one. Yeah, the, no, he needs to be out there, and well, your point's well taken. The, and he's – as much as he can be out there and not take the abuse and still have the impact, great. But I'm not going to think twice about using this guy. And, no, I'm not running him between the tackles repeatedly because that's not ultimately his strength. And people want to focus on the touches. Well, I saw a guy on his final touch go down two yards short of having a 100-yard day untouched. But that touch counts in the perception game when we're saying, look at all those touches he had. That yeah, young man took himself down two yards shy of a hundred yard game, and it was and, and did exactly the right thing. That's this is the guy. This is the guy we want. And I'm just I hope we get a chance to see him this year, the way that I think he can show out. Uh, yeah, I I just I just want to touch one more thing on something that you kind of brought up, which is that if the Panthers did not win this game, and if Sam Darnold had played, I don't want to even say played poorly, but like played the kind of the way that he played, but they lost the narrative starts to creep in that Sam Darnold doesn't have it. And you start to get that, that the narrative just turns immediately within one week of the season starting. And they, they got past this game. And now if Darnold throws three picks against new Orleans, then it's like, okay, like whatever he had a good game. Like, like I think that it, it's not, you don't absolutely murder him in week one. And one of the reasons why is because of Christian McCaffrey and they leaned on him so heavily. Um, I think when you look back at Darnold's game, it was pretty good. Um, you know, I, I think he left some things on the table. I was, I was confused why Matt rule thought that he needed to directly uh, put some of the issues onto Sam Darnold's shoulders after the game. But I, I mean, maybe that's, that is something that he thinks is going to motivate him going forward. But like, I, I think that, you know, you needed to get Sam through this game for anything possible to happen in the future. Because if this game didn't happen in, in week one 
and he doesn't complete that long pass to Robbie Anderson, and they lose 14 to 12 on four field goals, and they go 0 for 4 in the ends in the red zone. And Sam's gone. Like you're, you're Sam Darnold is not cannot be the quarterback. At least now there is a path going forward where he could be. Uh, I'm not sure that he will be, but he could be now. What about this DJ? This defense is this defense legit, or is this just they face the Jets without their best player? This is this is going to be the biggest question I think of week two, um, because that that front four for New Orleans is going to get after Sam Darnold. I think for the the Panthers have a chance this weekend. Their front four has to do this. Same thing. And, yeah, both of them are going to mix in blitzes. But this is going to be about the big guys up front and which group gets it done better this week. So we're going to find out real quick. Uh, Yeah, I I agree with you. Um, I think it's a little bit of both. I think they are legit. And I think also the Jets were the Jets. Jets, It was a rookie quarterback, and they were missing that. And Mekhi Becton went out whenever Mekhi Becton went out. And so it's like – and they took advantage of it. I mean, they they ultimately had six sacks. Well, what what were all the stats that you put out there yesterday? They're yeah, like leading so, the league in everything, yeah. right? Led, led the led the league with six stats or six sacks, uh, rushing yards per attempt at like two point eight. I think they only gave up like forty six total rushing yards. Uh, nine passes defensed, um, nine or eight passes defense, nine QB hits, all either first or second in the NFL. And I think that they could do that again. Maybe not the exact same performance, but I don't see why and this Saints offense. Yeah, I get it. They put up thirty eight. Jameis threw five touchdowns, whatever. Packers defense isn't good. Packers defense certainly, does, I don't think, has the, the same amount of um, talent and variance that the Panthers defense does because the guys up front, like, this – I think I said it before the season started. Like, this is a high-variance unit. Like, they're going to be really good some weeks, and they're going to be really bad some weeks. And so if you catch them on the really good week, they can they – can st- they're going to be able to get to any quarterback in the league. And so I think that, you know – I will be, it will be interesting to see if they can follow up that performance. And once again, I said it all last season, and I would like to scream it to the rooftops. Phil Snow is an incredible defensive coordinator, and what he is doing with this defense, with this roster, deserves medals, and why he is not getting head coaching opportunities, I don't understand. Joe Brady's getting all the head coaching opportunities, but Phil Snow, who took, uh, who took um, Rasul Douglas and uh, – who else but like some of these other guys that were starting on the defense last year and turned them into a real unit by running a ridiculous three down uh, three safety package. Like what he does on defense is just, it's masterful to be honest. I never expected him to be this kind of coach. And, um, and I would like for more fans to appreciate how good he has been. Since we're talking so much about the defense, what about Derek Brown? Huh? 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 Oh, he's just a run stopper, Colin. Oh, he's never going to do anything. Have you ever seen that sat look like it was out of a Hollywood movie? You with two guys like like the CBS executives like oh. Now, granted, they're going to try and change our logos to you know Giants logos, but they loved the way that play looked. It, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. and. Go ahead. YGM landing on top of him and then immediately jumping up and doing like the, the Howard Dean, but yeah, like it was awesome. It was incredible. <laughs> I, I mean, it just felt so refreshing to not see, just remember back when it was just a four, three and here are the four guys and they run forward and the three guys just stay here. And we're like every play, it's just the same thing. 
and every once in a while one guy steps up to the line and he blitzes and that's it you know like that that used to be this defense and in the other side of that was remember in 2019 they led the NFL in sacks and they couldn't stop the run they gave up the most rushing yards in the NFL so that to me was what felt good about Sunday was not only the sacks not only the disruptions the tackles for loss the drive disrupted but that they didn't give up the rushing yards was that they were able to stop the run and then they were able to get after the quarterback rather than just selling out for sacks which is what they did with that crazy 3-4 that they ran when Ron Rivera was told he has to run a 3-4 else that's it and he did it and it didn't work. I will say some of us did enjoy the Luke and TD era here in Carolina, but yes, I do appreciate that it is time for a change. There was there was a time there at the end when you know when it wasn't that was not the Luke and TD era at the end. There. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, I mean they had six sacks. They probably they could have had almost ten. I feel like like there were uh, Zach Wilson. I, I, would, I mean he was escapable. He had that escapability. He was uh, the the touchdown that he threw. Um, where he rolled out, he escaped Reddick and uh, was going to his right and hit Davis wide open in the end zone. Like, that was an incredible play that I think, you know, 22 quarterbacks in the league go down on that play. So, um, uh, I, I'm, I'm bullish on what this defense can do, um, and, and I'm very prepared for them to get uh, get crushed by Jameis, and then all of this just makes me seem really dumb. It would be interesting, too. We, talk, we, we didn't talk a whole lot of linebackers. We weren't sure a whole lot, uh, you know, what to expect out of this group. And Shaq Thompson comes out and has his best game as a Panther. Finally, and, you know, jokingly talking about the Luke and TD era, but this is a guy that rightfully was playing third fiddle and out of position, and now it feels like he is in a position to do, um, you know, all the things that he's capable of doing. And I'm excited because it feels like that. This feels – and maybe, maybe again, we'll see. This felt like the start of something for Shaq to me. It felt like a rebirth. I mean, it felt like he was a, like a kid that got to play in his first game and knew everything. It, 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 he felt completely different, you know, and I, I think going into the season, no one really knew what to expect from him. He certainly didn't know exactly what to expect from Jermaine Carter. And I think both of them kind of came out saying, like, Seven four. All right, we got this. Like we're we're the new crew, and we're gonna go dominate here in the middle of this defense. Like I I, I was really impressed by both of them. Colin, um, I have to ask, who exactly was that oppression of? By the way, which you one? did <laughs> when you were talking about Derek Brown. <laughs> oh, that's just everybody. That's okay. that's just a general Twitter, you know, savant. I I, I didn't know. It. I was like, who exactly is that? Just so, as, as we may have discussed this before, when I decide to do a voice, it's basically like the Price is Right wheel, and you just spin it. And I know I'm going to do a voice. Do I know what voice is about to come out? Not, not always. No, not always. Is that your voice for like for generic Twitter users? Because mine has more of an mine is more of like a like a yokel style accent of like, well, y'all, but they can't just be. I wish they'd have kept Harrison Butker, man. Like that's what that's my that's the what Ford F one fifty voice is that what that yeah. one is? <laughs> Maybe you should focus more on his footwork, brother. And then uh, instead of uh instead of, instead of his outfits, Where, what was he wearing? Gosh, that sounds that's, what I think WFNZ def- listeners sound a, like. Hey, hey, hey. <laughs> <laughs> the text line specifically. Um, yes, the text line. 
Will, uh, good social media idea for you. Now that we're just going off the cuff here, um, get Shaq Thompson, Sir Purr, and um, Jermaine Carter all standing next to each other, um, and then uh, get Seven Hundred Four Shop to make a shirt. Seven Hundred Four, come on, that's fun. I like that. I like that. Wait, Sir Purr is zero, right? I was actually just thinking, like, can you get a player to wear zero? Maybe Zane Gonzalez. I feel I mean, like that's... I feel like Sir Purr was double zero originally. Uh, yeah, it's, it's double zero up here, and it's like the paw here. You need a hype man out there at zero. That's he's wearing the zero jersey. Yeah, that's there right. There we go. There you go. There we go. Let's look ahead to the Saints. We talked about Jameis, what he did last week. What happens this week? Is he for real? Is he going to get exposed? Will our defense get dispo- exposed? What happens here? I went back and watched that game. First of all, the Packers turned the ball over, and I granted it was 24-3 at the time, but they turned the ball over legitimately at their own 20 going for it, a fourth down in the third quarter, and and then the, the Saints were able to punch it in. Um, Juwan Johnson, who already got got to mention a little bit earlier, had two phenomenal catches for him. He's, he's one of these guys that is going to be con- concerning uh, for us on Sunday in addition to, of course, Alvin Kamara. Um, Troutman, the other tight end, they, they were running three, four tight ends out there at the same time. So it's going to be interesting. This defense, this Panthers defense, it's been built around speed. Um, the Saints are saying we're going to come at you and be big and physical. And it's going to, I would be interested to see how this defense matches up with them because Jameis threw one 65 yard, or 60 yards in the air, gave about as much as he had. And uh, we haven't seen that against the Saints uh, in a while. So it's going, to be, it's going to be an interesting test for sure. Is it wrong? I, I think I might catch some flack for this. I kind of like Jameis. I don't like him as, like, the Saints quarterback. Oh. And I don't like him as, like, the Bucks quarterback. But, like, when he goes out there and he does the, like, you know, my, my coach just told me to be prepared. And, like, I don't know. What did he tell me? What did he say to me? He said, uh, he said um, be prepared. That's what he said. And it's just like, <laughs> damn, Jameis, that's a good that's, – that's fun, man. I like that. Or like the um, when he said uh, when he said that um, Alvin Kamara and some and whoever else is their their other running um, their backup running back are the best running back kind of in the league. Yeah, um, it was I think it was Latavius Murray before they got cut. It was like during the tra- during training camp. He was like, I mean that that's like the best uh, the best running back condoms in the league. And then he was like, wait, what did I just say? Stop laughing! <laughs> stop laughing! And it was just like just like. God damn, Jameis, like I, all the E to W stuff, like it's so stupid. And like, he's so, he's like a little bit self-aware, but he's not I, like, I, I, I understand. And, and if you want to tweet at me and tell me that I'm a, uh, that I'm an asshole for liking Jameis Winston, that's fine. I get it. But did also. Did you use both of them on Jameis Winston, by the way, in a friendly <laughs> manner? I think you did. I think you did. Did I what? You just used them both in a friendly manner towards Jameis Winston. So. Oh, I used both of them? I'm pretty yeah, sure you I only did. thought I used one. But you slept in, a, slept in a little GD in there, too, didn't you? Whoops. Well, no more cursing. Sorry, guys. I'm, They're getting bleeped for the rest of the show. I, I, I'm, I'm with you. Jameis is, you know, unfortunately, he's one Uber ride away from me being, you know, just completely in the bag, you know. Even – I don't care about the crab stuff. And it's unfortunate. But, no, I'm, I'm with you. I, I've, I've enjoyed Jameis, um, the Jameis experience since his days at Florida State. And I do, I do think he's absolutely the quarterback one. I respect what he can do. And he was making mature decisions. Now, they were, they were giving him a ton of time um, against the Packers, you know, on Sunday. He was getting uh, plenty of time. But he was making mature decisions. He was dropping his eyes down to the level, taking the checks, and even using his feet more than we've seen. So, uh, I'm, I'm with you. 
I find Jameis endearing. That game in London, it's come up a lot. You know, that was the last time we had this many sacks, you know, so that was kind of a, a nugget I had. Um, you know, there were a number of turnovers in that game. You know, last time, I'm pretty sure the last time we faced Jameis as, as a starter. And that was one of the defense's best games statistically. And it felt like that game should have been a 40-point win. And Jameis somehow made it a one-possession game, like, late in the fourth quarter. Like, he, he got sacked, like, eight times and had, like, four turnovers. And he still, like, brought them back to make it, a you know, a close game until, you know, we got another turnover. But it, it was one of those, like, how does he kind of do that? Like, he had no business playing that way. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I, I know he's, you know, I, I read Peter King's article this week of just how enamored he is with Sean Payton, how happy he is to be there, how incredibly, like, he just, he feels kind of honored to be in this situation. And, yeah, that quality about him that he's just so kind of genuine about, like, yeah, you know, I don't know what he said, but he said be prepared, so I'm going to be prepared. And I got Sean Payton in my ear, so it's good. Even him oh, running good. through with the, the tackling, you know, the, like the whatever that was. Gosh. Yep. <laughs> whatever that Incredible. device is called. Yeah. Um, yeah, I like – and just football. Well, I mean, obviously, now this is – This is awful. What are we doing? What, what is this? this? Is, what are, what are hard talking, now we're this. just doing some sort this of – we're doing – This is bizarre. This is a hard knocks thing. This is a real Jameis love fest here, and, I, and I'm going to put a stop to it right now. When I say that, um, I, I think that this is definitely – this is a very winnable game for the Panthers, especially they can play to their strengths. So the Packers don't – the Packers weren't able to really put a pass rush together in order to make Jameis make Jameis mistakes. Like, Jameis does the things that Jameis does. I mean, he threw 30 touchdowns. He also threw 30 interceptions. So it's like – he makes mistakes if you can put pressure on him. And who was incredible at putting pressure on uh, on their quarterback last week were the Carolina Panthers. And who is excellent at drawing up uh, blitzes and making it confusing? Sir Philip Snow of Northern California uh, draws up was was just pulling stuff out of his butt. I, I had to I had to tweak it there because it was going to be the third one. Um, but it's uh, – <laughs> Like, I really do think that they can and, – and when you look at this Saints team, this is not the Saints roster that it was two, even last year. So it's like I literally had to Google who their, who their third receiver was because I stumbled through the, the slot guy. And it's uh, – and now I already forgot. It's Smith. Right. Something Smith. Um, their, returner, like, their returner had their longest play. Like, he's not even a receiver. He's a returner. Yeah, it's Marquez Callaway is their number one receiver. Like, the, the, these are not – this is not the Saints offense that you should be terrified of. And I think that a lot of fans are like, well, they, they hung 38 on the Packers so they could do it against the Panthers. And I don't think that is the case. I think the Panthers are a bad matchup for the Saints. And I think the Saints um, offense versus the Panthers defense might lean a little bit towards Carolina in, in terms of who has the advantage. And I think on the other side of the ball, I, the Saints defense is very good. And the um, – and so that will be more of a question for Sam Darnold and how he is able to kind of continue his evolution. And Joe Brady continues his evolution as a, uh, as an offensive play caller. So I'll be interested to see that, but I would be more excited. I'm more excited about what the Panthers can do on the defensive side of the ball rather than the other way around. Davenport and Lattimore are probably not going to play based on what we're seeing tweets so far. So that those are huge losses for that Saints defense. If, if that holds true for four more days. So I mean, Do, those no, no Miles Hartsfield. Obviously, uh, do we know the? Uh, do we know who which which position coaches are uh, um, are not coaching? Because that doesn't. I think that makes a difference too. Yeah, 
does. I, I did see I, – I saw a report that uh, – I think it was Palacero that said the player was Michael Thomas. Really? Yeah. Oh, I, I hate that they might have some drama down there. It, it, it just breaks my heart to see him struggle like this. I just – I hate it for him. Man, so, man could, potentially offensive coaches. I, I don't know. Could, could Michael Thomas have effed the New Orleans Saints more this year than he has? Like, between – what he did in terms of surgery, and now he's probably not going to play all season, right? And uh, kind of being uh, Mr. Mr. Slant route, and then also if he just brought COVID into their building, like that's not that ain't great, dog. Like that's why that's why he and Aaron Rodgers exchanged jerseys at the end of uh, Sunday's game. <laughs> that, that bond together, <laughs> you know, and, Josh. You talk about the defensive matchup, and I think it's I think it's critical this team. But because the, the Saints go big so much, I'm going to be curious to see if this Panthers defense is big enough to go, go head-to-head. I, I'm, I'm, they're going to be a stout group. They're going to be a big group. And I think it's going to be a physical toll where a lot of guys are going to be giving up size um, on the Carolina side. And one of the things that they did particularly well against Green Bay was use that run early on. You know, go heavy packages, and they wore that that Packers defense down. It was hot down there. They didn't want to be down there. They've been in beautiful Wisconsin. They had no interest in being down there, and they got bullied. So, I, I want to see because Sean Payton. You know, I, I think is truly. I don't. I I understand why McVeigh and that crew gets a ton of love, and everybody links it back to Green Bay, even though they were actually working together in Washington. Just such a fertile ground of, of football genius there in Washington, but. I think Sean Payton's one of the best play callers in the league, and he will vary it. And if he catches this defense as a chance where he's got, he will lean heavily on them. So they've got to be prepared. And it's, they, need, they need this offense needs to score, I think, for this defense to have a chance. Any other Saints thoughts? No, the Saints suck, just to be clear. I know we just talked about how much we love Jameis, and uh, Colin just called Sean Payton the, the second coming of Vince Lombardi. But um, – and I it's used more just about it's more just about that Mc, that McVeigh crew like they oh I mean they, they were just so smart they just they had everything figured out Lafleur's got everything figured out Arthur Zach, Smith, Zach Taylor they're just, they're just geniuses only thing Sean Payton does is win ten games a year in the NFL but you know these guys I guess they're just great on in theory my, my Panthers stats guy Saints tweet of the day everyone knows about the Panthers beating the Jets is the first ever win back in '95. The very next game, their second ever win was when they beat the Saints and they crushed them. And reportedly, according to uh, like our Hall of Honor videos, that's when Wesley Wallace decided he wanted to be a Panther because he was actually a Saint during that game. And Sam Mills and Brett Maxey were former Saints that were on the Panthers that had three interceptions and just killed New Orleans. And he's like, yeah, I'm going to go to those guys. And so he came over and Hall of Fame tied in. Just wish Samuels did something for this organization. Well, this is why we have you on the show, by the way. We need, we need things like that. You bring the heat when you're on here. I'm, I'm the historical nerd that we all knew and need in our lives, right? I love it. I love it. All right. Most of the time, the- people don't seem to need me in their lives. I'm, I feel like I'm a historical <laughs> nuisance. You're the historical nerd. I'm the historical nuisance. It's, it's, we wear it differently. <laughs> All right, game time. It's the triumphant return of Cam to K1. Yes, we know that neither of these guys are in the NFL currently, 
we don't care. If you don't like it, get your own podcast. So how do you rank these guys after one game? Oh, Will, are, are you clear of the rules, Cam to K1? Yes, I've been filled in. Okay. I just wanted to make sure that you were briefed and did all your homework as you, you rank. Should, you should fill in the, fill in the audience, though, because we haven't played Cam to K1 in forever, right? feels like we've been uh, slacking on did that. We play, it really did be- we play it last year? It's hard to play when we don't have episodes, Josh. Oh, come on, Colin. You you already took the blame. You already you already put it on yourself. I was Sometimes. hoping that. Hey, how did you edit that? <laughs> Sometimes like Colin editing, and I like... just play on the phone. It's you know we just text back and forth. Cam to K1, Real Housewives of New New York. <laughs> All right, for everyone that's not aware, Cam to K1, one to ninety nine. Let's go. Starting with. Sam Darnold, and let's let our guests go first, Mr. Will Bryan. So do I, I start with the name of the player? Is that how this works? Name it was number. the number. Yeah. 80. Dwayne Jarrett. Okay, all right. Or um, if that's more of your flavor, but Dwayne, Dwayne Jarrett, <laughs> uh, Luther Broughton, Dwight Stone, and Scott Simonson, for those that remember remember that man uh yeah i i get humble and you can't fall to the panthers third quarter woes you just can't go three and out three and out three and out you can't do it so uh that's why i gave an 80 that's pretty much right in line. I was going to give him a Ricky Prohl. Uh, I think I was giving, I was just giving him a little boost just because of the, uh, the Robbie Anderson touchdown, but basically the same assessment. I was going to give him a Blake Brockermeyer right, right in that same area. Cause it's like, I think for me, it was, it was a lot mental. It was more mental than it was physical. And I think that, yeah, you're absolutely right. Like you can't, you can't fumble in the, in that red, in the red zone, but ultimately like those kind of plays are going to happen, but it didn't let, he didn't let it um, spiral out of control. And I think there, there are, times in his past where it has spiraled out of control and so where he's made one mistake and it's kind of just starts rolling downhill so um i'm glad that it didn't and uh so for that he can have a 78 blake brockermeyer from me all right what about cmc colin Musa Muhammad, this is an 87. This is a solid B game out of him. I, this is not, you know, I should probably give him more because of the defensive tackle block that he picked up there. Uh, give him a little bit of credit, but I thought this was a, a, a good, solid game from CMC. Will? I, I go Mike Rucker. I give him a 93. Like, I, I think if he, if, if he gets into the end zone a couple times, then, you know, we're talking K1 level, but he, he, he got close. I wish they would have given him some more opportunities down inside the 10, um, but made some really, really heady plays. As we talked about the ones, you know, uh, sliding down rather than going out of bounds, you know, picking up that block. Um, he, he did a lot of good things. He didn't make any mistakes. Uh, it didn't seem like so. Yeah. I mean, 187 yards, like nearly a hundred yards rushing and receiving. I mean, you can't ask for anything more. Will, by the way, you're in the lead right now because you get double points for using a Nebraska Cornhusker in your answer. Josh? Uh, quickly Googles, quickly Googles, quickly Googles. Um, <laughs> I'm going to go with um, – it, it's kind of right in that same area, but I'll go with the, um, the jersey that, that the Panthers sold before they had any players on the roster. That's a 95. 
Um, that was the, the Jersey t-shirt. I can see, it's so funny. You guys can't see this at home, obviously, but I can see Will looking, staring at his computer screen and Colin has, uh, I can see the reflection of his computer screen of, of the Google, of the Nebraska Google coming up. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah. Thanks for buying this time. <laughs> yeah, you're welcome. <laughs> but there's one, there's one thing I'm good at. It's, it's data points and uh, continuing to talk for too long in order to buy time for you guys. 95 from me for Christian McCaffrey. Who's your player? Uh, it was the T-shirt, oh, the Jersey original, T-shirt. Original yeah. shirt. Okay, Charles Johnson. If you want, uh, I'll give it. I'll give you that one. There we go. Why did Jason right. Peter have to be ninety-seven? <laughs> <laughs> there are no ninety-sevens out there. <laughs> All right. How about Joe Brady, Joshua? Oh boy. Okay, Joe. Um, unfortunately, I am going to have to give you for this particular game. Um, I'm going to give you the John Beeson and I'll tell you why the red, the red zone issues are just too much. And I'm sorry, man, that the Jets defense is not good enough for you to score 19 points against you. We need more points. You're a wonderkind. You have the, you have Christian McCaffrey, DJ Moore, Robbie Anderson, Terrace Marshall, Dan Arnold. They have given you all the weapons that you can need. And for you to put up 19 points in week one, I was disappointed. I'm not saying it's terrible. Um, but, uh, but that's where I'm at right now. Um, and I get it. I'm carrying, I'm harboring some things from last season because I, I didn't like what he did last season either. You know, I, I do think it's, a, it's worth noting as we have fun here with this game that I think Joe Brady is taking some lumps that it get lost in the, Hey, he's going to be a, a head coach one day or very soon. He is a young play caller as a young OC is, ta- is, is taking those lumps right now. We're feeling some of those effects on some of these play calls. I pointed to, you know, we'll, we'll mention Dan, Dan Arnold not having a great game. That play call, or, the, you know, and I, who knows if it's supposed to go to him. But the idea of a tight end catching a ball in third and seven, a yard past the line of scrimmage with his back to the first down marker, that to me is one of my pet, absolute pet peeves. So I, I, think, I think you're right that, that Brady – there's two different things. There's a trajectory of him as a potential head coach, and there's a trajectory of him as an actual week-to-week play caller. And I do think um, he's he, that that part of it's being missed some. Yeah, I, I agree. I, I think that there's – I think it's not necessarily – I mean, obviously he interviewed, but I, I don't think it's necessarily Joe Brady's fault, the expectations that are put on him as someone that's, like, younger than me, which just feels really weird. Um but I, I mean, I, I give him a Travell Wharton, Trey Turner, seventy. You know, like I, I think that he was mixing in some new things. I, I, I like the way that he tried to get a lot of guys involved. Um, you know, and that he didn't go away from Christian just to go away from Christian. You know, I think sometimes you can try to get too cute when Christian's going to get you a first down. But let me try something else because I haven't tried to go this guy for a while. You know, like get get the first down. Um, so I, I, I think in a lot of ways he, he's still improving. He's still working through this. Um, but I, you know, I give him a 70. I think that's an excellent point though, about the maturity of, he had all off season he, and he, he could have been a young OC getting in his bag. And I thought they did a good job in this instance of keeping it simple, relying on CMC. So, um, I'm with you. I, I, I gave him a Taylor Moten 72. Uh, I, I just want to be clear. Uh, I, 
I'm not I, I'm not backing down on what I said, but I do. You're think the that Russian you, judge. It's fine. You're the Russian judge. It's the reality is, is that this point. is that those expectations came from somewhere. Like and and he was, yes, he he does he doesn't necessarily have to live up to being the best offensive coordinator in the league, but I would like to see him improve on some of the things that he um, wasn't great at last season. And you're absolutely right. There were there were I don't think there was a time at all on Sunday when I said, well, that's just like getting a little cute for me. Like I don't, and, and it felt like last season, there were a lot of times where it was like, all right, man, just, we don't need, you don't need to call. We don't need the fullback dive on this one. Like it's not, it's not necessary. So I, I will say he has improved in that, but again, one data point and you know, I'm big on data points. We like to try and fast track it. Everybody needs reps. We focus on it a ton with players as they proceed through the playoffs and hopefully to that Super Bowl level or to the NBA finals level or the final four, whatever it is. We focus on a lot, but, but coaches have to go through it too. And it's no, it's no surprise that Joe Brady, you know, as a youngster may have, may have been getting, getting taken to school a time or two, particularly on an individual play, stuff like that. So. How about Sir Phil Snow? Colin, I, well, like, I would like to go. Jason Peter, I'd like to hey, go. Come Jason on, Peter. <laughs> Peter. Hold on, let me go Google again. I'm so mad at myself. Of, I'm, why did you I'm say furious. it out loud? I didn't even Google. That's your own fault. I did. Um, yeah. And I didn't even see. It. I didn't even see it. Didn't even see. It. Didn't see it. You didn't see it coming. That seems. That seems like a, like an issue on your part. Listen, I think that um, he is. He is, he is a guy that, uh, that you know, you talk about Joe Brady got taken to school a little bit as a young coach. This Phil Snow's the kind of guy that's been, that is taking these young coaches to school. And what he was able to do, I get it, it's a rookie quarterback. They're missing their left tackle, whatever, whatever, whatever. Like, the, the performance they put on, uh, especially in week one, was um, nothing short of uh, masterful. So um, I'm, I'm all about Phil Snow in this situation. I'll go with Nikki's best friend, Al Wallace. How about that? Oh, I like that. Yeah, mm-hmm. I like that. Al Wallace. I mean, yeah, I mean, everything Josh just said, like you, you look at the, the, the things he was throwing out there, the formations he had, just all of the, the disguise blitzes, the actual blitzes, um, the way he put pressure on Zach Wilson, the way they shut down the run, um, you know, would like to have seen maybe another turnover. They only had one. Um, you know, I, I think in this league, you know, I think they're, they want three, like they're looking at the numbers, the data points that say you get three turnovers, you're going to win. Um, and I think, I think that's the goal. So, I mean, that's what they're looking for. They're, they're not looking to bend, not break. They're trying to be aggressive. So I, I love it. I don't, I don't even want to play the game anymore. <laughs> it's okay, Colin, you're in last, but it's okay. Uh, Phil Snow was a, uh, it was a it was a wonderful performance. It's exactly what we wanted to see, and, and more importantly, with I think with Shaq and Jermaine, you know, it's, it's great to have this idea of, of Chin flying around and Burns flying around and Luvu and Reddick flying around. You need those stabilizing forces in the middle, with and, and I think we saw that out of those two. Hopefully, we'll continue to see it. That being said, uh, I'll I'll go. Uh, uh, I'll go with um, Make Kimoyatu 94. <laughs> That's, nice. That's a nice 7.7. <laughs> How about the Panthers social media team? I got to hear this. Go, Will. 
I, I, I give us a Julius Peppers. I give us a 90. I felt like uh, we went, we had, so we had some challenges. There were some things we had to overcome. I thought we did it well. Uh, had some, some staff that, uh, let's just say, we, we had a photographer that, that, that had stomach poisoning, food poisoning. So I think for a first game, that's, that's a lot to overcome. But I thought we did a good job. I thought the, uh, the Skip Bayless video, I don't know if that actually hit my mark. I didn't quite get that one. Uh, if not for that, I, I'd, I'd give it a bit higher. But I, I give it a 90. Everything else hit pretty well. Uh, I'm, I'm not on social media, <laughs> so I apologize. I'm going to sit this one out, too. Done with this game. Told you I didn't want to play it anymore. Um, I, I, I'll, I mean, I'll give the, uh, the, um, the ever-elusive K1 short, I think, uh, for every week, for the best social media team in the league, um, the at Panthers team, what they are able to do on such, a, uh, on such short notice is incredible. My personal favorite thing that they put out was the um, the one and zero graphic um, with Robbie Anderson doing the jet through the through the zero. Just like it's just it's a cool graphic and it's smart and it's funny and and it throws shade at the Jets without really throwing shade at the Jets. And yeah, nice job, uh, very impressive. Um, and obviously, one out of the four of us really really appreciates the job that social media team does and uh the other three uh, they just think they're okay they're just doing okay so um clearly i'm i'm sorry that you know a, a hall of famer and one of the greatest players to to play for the panthers is just okay but you know okay wait did you just I, I will say i you guys it's important i really do think it's important work that you guys do and it it's really important, I think, for 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 fans to, to connect and to, to have something to have something on. And I'm, I'm obviously on social media a little bit, but not as much as most people. But I do think that the social media team has been uh, a, a wonderful persona for this team that has really bridged between two owners um, when a lot of things have changed around it. So, and it's been consistent. It's been fun the entire time. Nikki, you were saying something. Did we just make history on this show? Has anybody gotten a K1 before? I'm sure we review you guys asked me what Dave Matthews deserves or something like that. I'm sure there's there we I'm sure we've given out some 99s, but well, I'll Josh tweet found it. out that you're actually scoring it and you know, all of a sudden the old brown nose started coming out. <laughs> someone I'll on the one in. day con one day contract wiki out there. Go check <laughs> yeah. out who was given to a 99. <laughs> I was just going to go to Twitter and find one day contract stats guy and see what numbers they can pull for us. Tell mm -hmm. us the history. <laughs> well, where can folks find you if you would like to be found? You don't have to be found, but people would like to find you. It, it, apparently people found some saints. People found me after I put that defensive stat out there. I, I, I got hit up by a lot of people saying that, Oh, you're, just playing the Jets, and you're going to get a whooping this week. And New Orleans, New Orleans apparently rolls deep on the Twitter machine, so that was fun. If I have to keep listening to, to it's just the Jets talk, that we need relegation. Either either it gets to count, or or we can send you somewhere so where it doesn't count. It, is we we got to have one or the other. <laughs> the it's just the Jets thing is 
it, like we've been dealing with it all off season and it led all the way up to this weekend because it's like every, anytime anybody would be like, well, Sam Darnold's been bad the first three years of his career. And it's like, you can't even imagine they didn't even have footballs there. He had to throw metal blocks in practice. Like you can't even imagine what it was like to be with the Jets. Adam Gase would just punch him in the face every single day we met him. They had one on case of water in his the locker. entire season. Like, yeah. yeah. Had to bring your own cooler of Gatorade. He, he was actually mixing it pre-practice. That's how he hurt his shoulder the first time. You had to drink yeah. green Gatorade. They don't even have it out there, but that's what they have in New York for the Jets to drink. They stopped making it in 1987, and they had a stockpile, and they're still using it because that's how the Jets are run. It's just the Jets. <laughs> yeah, Panther stats guy, that's me. That's <laughs> <laughs> There it is. It is just the Jets, I guess. Just the Jets. Uh, just the Jets. We got Colin CLT, Josh Klein rolls. Josh, you got any checking. notes for us? <laughs> Colin, Colin checks his Twitter all the time, so make sure you tweet at him. Hello. Josh, you got anything for the folks? Any, any Roaring Riot notes they need to know? Yeah, absolutely. Um, the amount of Jets fans in the building on Sunday was ridiculous, and uh, and I was frustrated by that. And I was also very frustrated by the lack of noise and the lack of standing up on third down uh, in the crowd. So um, let's do better on Sunday against the Saints. Let's just do better. Let's get out there. Let's be loud. Let's let let's some just crowd do rehab. Everybody, everybody got a little pandemic weight. Hey guys, it's regular season. Everybody's got to be ready to go. Normally we have four preseason games to get this rolling. I think they like up. they like me tailgated a little bit too hard, and then realized that uh, that it was a, that they were like, well, I could just sit instead of uh, instead of standing and yelling. Was it fun though? To, you know, also we should have talked about this before. Was it fun to be back in the building with everybody there? Yes, absolutely. I mean, like, like the idea of you know, obviously, COVID concerns and all those other things, but like you know, being being in a NFL stadium with a crowd cheering um, during the aforementioned Derek Brown sack is just like that. That's why you're out there is for a big play and for something incredible to happen or even the Shaq interception or, or the, you know, obviously the Robbie Anderson touchdown. So it's like those, those big plays are why you go. And, um, and it was fun to uh, fun to be out there. And I, and I look forward to, you know, the Panthers putting on a, putting out a more good product on the field and then the fans get hype right along with it. That's how it happens. So I, I, the Panthers have to win back the trust of that fan base a little bit. And I think that that is hopefully they're on their way to doing that. Come to the tailgate, 10 a.m. See you there. Drink responsibly. This has been One Day Contract, part of the Riot Network. Will Brian, your one day contract is up. Everybody else, we should see you next week. Jeez. <laughs> I'd like to nominate Damon Benning, who apparently was an undrafted free agent signee with the Panthers in 1997. That's what I would give to the uh, the mixed reality Carolina Panthers. It wasn't one. What? Philip Dillard. Philip Dillard. I was looking for some of these men, but there wasn't any word of life that made sense in the game. Yeah. Should have asked for somebody bad. Dan Arnold. He's got my it's the end of the world as we know it. It's the end of the world as we know it. It's the end of the world as we know it. And I feel 
slice and burn, return.